to the DC Tweet Team Podcast, hosted by Andy Burroughs. You know what I mean? Maurice Hawkins. Some people call me Maurice. And Shelly Jordan. Here's the deal, I'm the best there is. And here's your host, Andy Burroughs. Welcome everybody to the DC Tweet Team podcast and I am your host Andy Burrows. I'm joined by now three co-hosts. Yes, you heard it right. We have Maurice Hawkins, Carl Ronick from the Burger Zone and she's back everybody. Shelly Jordan, how are you? I'm doing much better. I'm happy to be back. It is great to have you. Carl has stood in remarkably well for you uh, Shelly but hey why not have all of us when we're here and talk some Washington football so let's begin um big news today guys I don't know if you heard there was a bit of excitement especially in London Carl let's come to you first buddy Dustin Hopkins is uh no longer with the Washington football team he blew it and got replaced by Chris you see what I've done there Carl you like that uh and uh yeah and Chris Blewett is in my man what did you uh what was your reaction to the news is it uh we were talking before we uh started recording is it too two months too late or is it now the right time to start making these cuts and do you expect more um i it's worrisome just because you don't know how chris blewett is going to respond you know he's not like a veteran in this league he's shown these capable and pivotal situations to be able to knock field goals through and that's been the one issue with dustin hopkins so i hope coach is right somebody asked me today like do you agree with the move and i was like, i can't tell you know i'll let time <laughs> tell that one to be perfectly honest because i mean i think they deserve that benefit so we'll see what coach thinks here, but the timing of it, I do think it is a message uh, to all the important guys getting paid pretty well that are getting uh, good reps at the moment to say, hey, you know, the, cho- the chopping block is now. Uh, coach has now started the uh, the watch, the, the clock, and now we're ready to rock. So you better play well or things are going to start looking badly in your favor. Mm, what Just quickly, Carl, what do you, uh, before I get Shelley and Maurice's opinion on what's happened today, what do you know about Chris Blewett? I, I know um, he's obviously been around the league a long time. And for those that might not know, what do you know about the kicker that we've got? It's, it's not easy to evaluate kicking. I get that. But what do you know about what we've just got there now? He's never kicked in the NFL before. Uh, he hasn't kicked since 2016, since he went to college at Pitt. Uh, I have an Instagram picture of him. Uh, I took when I was watching TV back in 2015. Now, this is the worst name for a kicker um, as he went out for a game winner, but he ended up uh, actually kicking it through. So, look, the kid has a lot to prove. Um, I think he's about 50% from 50 yards or more, so we kind of have to be trepidatious with that. But hopefully it's between the 40s and 50s is where he could be rock solid. I think his extra points were like 93%, if if not higher, if I'm not mistaken. So, he, he's look, he's got a chance to prove it. Maybe this is a diamond in the rough. We don't know. But Coach also said he could do pretty well with kickoffs against the wind. Today in his presser, he said that in practice, he was kicking against the wind mm. and he was still doing it six yards deep in the end zone. So they know that he has the leg to do it. Yes, yeah, I heard that uh, the press conference today. We're going to get into it in a little bit. So it was good to hear that, that he has been kicking in, into the wind. Shelley, what did you make of the move? We've spoke for, God, God knows how many months now about uh, Dustin maybe getting cut from the Washington football team. It's finally happened, so that will keep the, the fans happy, will it? And I haven't really been stayed off social media today for, for various reasons, but what did you make of uh, the move that the Washington football team made today? A um, little bit of a scapegoat move at this point in time. I know fans were calling for it um, earlier in the season. It's not like he cost us the game versus you know against kansas city but will it you know calm the fan base i some maybe i don't know we have bigger issues other than the kicker at this point in time but was it necessary who knows like kyle said um which i think is a good point you know time will tell Mm -hmm. i i don't know I th- I thought coach had really dug his heels in and was going to stick with him. Mm. So I was a bit confused because he had never really indicated that he was going to make a move with Hopkins. So I thought we were stuck with him. So I thought if any move was going to come, it would be in our secondary because that seems to be, you know, the, the pressing need in my mind, but you know, it's, it's me. It's to me, it's, it's just whatever. It's me. It's me. 
It's me. Uh, Maurice, um, were you like, like Shelley, were you surprised? I kind of agree there. I thought Ron was just going to dig his heels in and we were going to ride with Dustin until the end of the season. But Maurice, like me, you and Shelley and Carl on his show and lots of people, we've all spoke about this and we thought it might happen. Did, did it surprise you that it happened today? I wouldn't call it a surprise. You know, I think that, you know, he made a move. I think, I think there's two things with the move. I think number one, Hopkins has not really been performing to the level that uh, the team and the fan base is um, find satisfactory. Uh, I think that there are a lot of decisions that Coach Rivera made that he probably wish he would, could take back if he had more confidence in the kicking game, which he did not. Uh, so that's number one. And I think number two, it sends a message to everyone on the team that performance matters and that if you're not stepping your game up and executing – you know, in these games and you're costing the team wins, then they're going to, uh, you know, part company with you. Uh, looking at you, William Jackson. Um, so. <laughs> and Landon Collins. Yeah, I think, there are, I think there are a lot of players that, you know, really need to, you know, you know, improve their play on the field. And I think, you know, letting go of Hopkins. I mean, it's really, the thing about it is, it's, it's not a, it's a shocking move from the standpoint that Hopkins has been with the team so long. But it's not a shocking move because Hopkins has been inconsistent with his performance. And I think it sends a message to everyone that this is a performance-driven league and a performance-driven team. And Coach Rivera knows that he needs to see improved performance, not just with special teams, but across the board. Mm. Carl, as we all watch football and we all talk about players, and Shelley mentioned Landon there, do you think this is just a start? Do you think maybe later today, tomorrow, could we see more? cuts in the Washington football team and is there anyone out there that you'd like maybe to see come in I don't think that we'll see any cuts I think that what we got is what we got at the mm -hmm. moment I, I I'd be worried about cutting anybody at this point I think Landon Collins is here for the season um it's just making it work within his strengths and getting him out of situations that go to his negatives goes to his weaknesses like out in coverage out in space <clears throat> I'll say this all day long dude that Missed tackle he had on Travis Kelsey late in that second half. I know that we got a turnover the next play, but that is unacceptable, dude. Like, you are coming from the sideline zone, and you allow him to get back behind you and then to the sideline. At least what you should be doing is forcing him in the middle of the field, keep him in the middle of the field so they have to use a timeout there. That kind of lack of situational awareness is not okay from somebody who – it should be deemed captain status. That should be deemed a veteran, somebody that's been around and knows key situations and has confidence in what he does. I don't see it at the moment. So I don't think anyone's going to be getting released. I think they'll be just going to better ways of finding them to work the best way possible. But if we were to bring anyone in at the moment, there's not many that I can really think of because kicker was the real pressing mm -hmm. matter. But I will say I would not be mad if they brought in Quentin Dunbar. Just as a depth piece, uh, bring in here. He'd done well in this uniform before. I know what kind of the character issues and everything, but all that law stuff got dropped uh, the last time I checked. And he did well here. And they need depth at corner, and I would not mind that kind of length. And maybe, he, heck, he could even contribute at safety in times. You mm -hmm. never know. So um, I, I wouldn't mind to see Quentin Dunbar. I know that's not really a uh, popular thought, but that's just mine. No, no, I'd, I'd be happy with that. Um, Maurice, um coming this uh, this coming weekend we obviously we travel to to green bay a lot of fans of quarterback talkers always in washington but it's 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 there for a reason now because you know heineke did have a poor game at the weekend showed a few glimmers um do you foresee a change coming two weeks before the bye me myself carl and shelley were chatting just before we started recording i personally think uh taylor's got this game he's got the next two games basically before the bye and then ron rivera might say hey look either sink or swim here if he does well against green bay and it's going to be hard to be judged in that kind of environment. And, and I know it's, it's easy to say every team has to go in there and play them at some stage, but he really is going to go into the cauldron. How do you see the quarterback situation, not just this weekend, but even leading up to the buy and after the buy? Is it is it a case of, hey, perform or you're gone and Kyle Allen will come in? Well, it's really what is Coach Rivera's expectations for the season right now, right? So we're in a, we're in a different environment in 2021 than we were in 2020. I mean, last year, everyone in the NFC East was garbage. So mm. Coach Rivera was able to be Riverboat Ron, so to speak, and it paid off, you know, winning a division at 7-9. This year, you have a really 
you know, top of the NFL Dallas Cowboys team um, that's running away with this division. So he's not in the same situation. I don't think there's any reason to bench Taylor Heineke until after the bye week. I think you want to see how he performs in these next two games. Um, and if he, you know, again, I think of Heineke splits, like, you know, if he can go one and one in these next two games uh, between uh, Green Bay or Denver, I think keep him as your starter. I think that if he continues to perform poorly, um, erratically, and not really demonstrating, you know, that he can be, you know, the signal caller of the future, then, you, you know, you bench him during the uh, bye week. And then you make a determination if you go with uh, Kyle Allen or you go with uh, Fitzpatrick, Fitzmatrick. You know, I think if if, if uh, Fitzpatrick is fully healthy, you go with Fitzpatrick. If not, then you go with Kyle Allen. But at that point, when we start playing Russian roulette with our quarterbacks, that kind of lets you know our, our season's going down the tubes. So that's my uh, prediction. This is the last season game. we didn't play Russian roulette with our quarterback. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Two thousand. 13, 12, I don't know. Um, Shelley, where are you sitting with the whole Heineke thing? Obviously, I haven't spoke to you in a few weeks. Uh, how have you how have you viewed his performances? Obviously, we sit here at two and four. How have you viewed how he's played so far this season? Well, unfortunately, I feel like he's regressed, um, much like the, the entire team has. But, I mean, I really wanted to see him progress. His throwing has been sad lately he's always been high in a way like we were discussing um he it's frustrating to see I think the kid's in his head too much and I don't know what's going on with his arm uh if there was something going on I would think the team would tell the press but um there his his throwing motion is something's off i don't know but now his throws are wobbly high and away in the ground at receiver's feet short i just don't he's all over the place and i it's sad to see i really wanted the whole story i hope they get it worked out i hope they get it figured out I don't know. Maybe he's not hitting the gym as much as he was in the off season. Maybe he doesn't have time, but he needs to work on that arm strength, get it worked out. Um, it's just sad. But I told, I like- y'all, I told y'all this was going to happen in the off season. Like everybody was smoking that Taylor Heineke, you know, crack cocaine. Like, oh, Heineke is the second coming of Joe Theismann. Oh, Heineke looks like Brett Favre. I said, no. I mean, he had a good game that we lost. You know, he could look, look gutsy, but we lost those games. I mean, this is what Taylor Heineke is, right? I mean, he's a fair, he's he's a fair to Midland quarterback. You know, he's probably a below average quarterback. He's not an elite signal caller. He will never be an elite signal caller. He's playing to the best of his ability. And oh, by the way, I would also question Scott Turner. Is he putting him in a position to be successful playing to his strengths? You know, like when if you look at Heineke, when Heineke is off schedule, when he's rolling out of the pocket, when he gets a chance to survey the field, he usually makes some good plays. But when you're keeping him contained in the pocket and wanting to go through his progressions, that's not his game. His game is to be, you know, you know, off schedule, rollouts, you know, making plays with his feet. You know, that's when you see the best Taylor Heineke. But I mean, but again, that's across the board with this team, both on offense and defense. This coaching staff has a style of play that they want this team to play by. And players who want to make plays because they have individual talent are struggling against it, both consciously and subconsciously. And that's why we're two and four, because they want a system and our players want to be free. And that's the conflict. And I would defer to Kyle on that, see what his thoughts are on that. I think that is true to an extent that um, they're trying to make force them into things and they're trying to gel things out with them. I think we were talking before and how Taylor Heineke at this stage, he almost seems like it's almost like a toddler because like the, the coaching staff come to, coming to him and saying, like, we want you to do the, your best Alex Smith impersonation, but still do your thing. But then he it literally looks like Alex Smith. And they're like, no, 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 dude, I didn't mean literally, you know, like, I wanted you to be like Alex, but just not make any mistakes. Keep doing your thing. Just not make mistakes. Cause it almost seems like it's, it's very major in every direction. It's like, dude, just calm down, play your game. And Andy, when we talked, um, I believe after the Giants game, you asked, you know, is Taylor the uh, franchise quarterback? Did he prove enough to that? And I said, no, because 
he for this season he is the quarterback, but mm-hmm. he has to prove that he's consistent every game and be able to show that he is that guy. And we haven't seen it up until this point. Does he have a chance to? I I do for the foreseeable future uh, until Ryan Fitz is probably healthy. But I think they're going to keep Kyle Allen in their back pocket until that uh, divisional matchup if they have to, because those are going to be the easier ones. Mm. With with hindsight, do you guys think it's any regret within the organization with Ron or the coaching staff that maybe we didn't draft up in the draft? Or we, I know we went in for Matt Stafford. Do you think there's any any regrets? Or or we are like you've said many times, Kyle. I've heard you on you. We are where we are. You know what I mean? We are where we are now with Taylor, with uh, Fitzmagic. You know, with with Kyle Allen. We we are where we are. And is it just a case of get through this season and then see what next season brings? Yeah, I do think that they're probably regretting just a little bit the Matthew Stafford stuff, but I think they, they there was nothing they were going to do to get that done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that vacation with McVay out there kind of sold them on it, and it was yeah. a match made in heaven, sort of, so to speak. But I think Matt Stafford's probably the only one. Because if you look at the other QBs in the league, you can maybe say Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence are probably looking the best at the moment. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I look, I like Wilson a lot, but it's just – Nobody is really blowing you away at this point to say, yeah, that guy on this team would be dominating with us. And I'm just not getting that feeling. I feel like we'd all be upset that they picked the wrong guy at this point if we had drafted a quarterback. Mm. So I, I don't have any regrets about the draft, but Matt Stafford, I do. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, Shelly, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you going to say? Oh, nothing. No. Oh, oh okay. Nothing. Nothing. Sorry, nothing, nothing, sorry Shelly. Nothing important. Um, That's significance. No worries. <laughs> Shelly, I wish... Um, I want to get to our next uh, subject. We sit here at two and four. Shall we? I mean, we still in now, and we always talked at the start of the season how we've got all these divisional games coming up at the end of the season. That might not be an actual good thing now. I mean, how do, in your opinions, I will go around the I'll go around the room and get one's opinion. How do you turn around a two and four team with all these games? You know, I know we have Green Bay, the Bucks, the Seahawks, but we still have all our divisional games. We only played one. Let's not forget that. We've only played one divisional game. So come that run near the end of the season, and we that Giants game could be important come the end of the season. Who knows? Mm-hmm. FYI, I am going to be there. Um, Shelley, in your opinion, how do we turn around a two and four season so far? With our schedule um, and the way we're playing, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Um, it's a head scratcher. <laughs> Honestly, that seems to be the thing across the fan base, right? And everyone's kind of well. Like, I mean, if because of the way Coach Ron's coming across, because he comes across so stubborn, he seems like it's taken him what two months just to make move with Hopkins, and he really felt like he was digging his heels in on that. Just to reiterate that, mm-hmm. because I feel like we really need moves in the secondary. And it's not going to happen. So if that's not going to happen, I don't know. You know, it. what you do. If he's not going to make moves, he's not going to make changes. And he's just going to keep going. The, the team has no fight with, with what they're doing. And if he's just going to keep doing the same thing, it's clearly not working. And if he thinks that getting rid of Dustin Hopkins. And if you guys really think that's sending a message to everybody, it's not, I don't think it is. I think a bigger message would have been benching Collins and moving around that secondary because Reverse what we had last season, maybe. $84 million player who's not doing his job. Getting rid of a kicker is not sending a huge message in, in my opinion, but that's just me. Uh, Maurice, stubbornness or patience from Rivera? I get what Shelley's saying, but I, I'm just trying to think outside the box now. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to get in Coach's head. Is he thinking? Okay, fans might call me stubborn. Is he seeing the? Is he seeing? Is he playing the long game here with the Washington Football Team? Yeah, he's absolutely playing the long game with the Washington Football Team. Like he, I, I, everything that Coach Rivera and his staff is doing is is building concepts. Right? Again, there's a there's a particular style of football that they want to play. They want the defense to be ran a certain way. They want the offense to be ran a certain way. They're not deviating from that. They're not making any adjustments from that. And that's the biggest frustration with the, with the fan base, right? Because again, like I always say, like this fan base has no patience. Like they want to win now, right? The coaching staff and the ownership group may have patience, but the fan base does not. And when, and, and here's the thing, 
fans have TVs. Fans have access to the internet, right? They they're on Twitter, oh, you know, boy. they're on they're on Instagram, right? They see the dynamic football that's being played by the LA Rams. They see the dynamic football that's being played by the Arizona Cardinals. They see the dynamic football that is being played. Heck, just 40 minutes north in Baltimore with um, Lamar Jackson. That's the kind of football fans want to see. They want to see fast-paced, exciting, big plays, you know, explosive plays. Look, the Washington football team is giving you like this really methodical, workmanlike, you know, meandering style of football that really doesn't put them in positions to win games. Um, and that's what's causing the frustration. So, you know, it's like it's like if you're on a car lot and you see a bunch of Corvettes and everybody's driving a Corvette and you're riding around in a busted Chevy Blazer, you know, you, you're kind of frustrated. And right now we're the Chevy Blazer of the NFL and and fans want to be in Corvettes. Mm. Carl, is this is more is this more a case of we've been here so so many times and you know we we kind of sound like we're beating a dead horse here where like Marie said, this fan base is probably like we've seen this movie a thousand times from we can go back years, we can go back in the two years that you and I have known each other. We spoke about this. Mm-hmm. If you're Ron Rivera right now, Carl, put yourself in the hot seat. So you are in charge of the Washington football team. What are you doing to turn this this season around and our franchise around? Well, just making minor adjustments and establishing concepts that everyone can gel with and get along with. And then it's identifying the actual leaders on defense. Because going to Shelley's point about Landon and benching him being the kind of that being the kind of image that you want to send. The issue being is that because locker room relationships, you'd be maybe ruining some issues or having feelings of contempt starting to build and you don't want to lose the locker room six games into the season there's a long season we're going through a rough stretch you don't want to do that especially when you're two and four well unless unless it's like a crucial point where it's literally dire code red we need to literally do something now and i do think that we are almost there and i do think it's very very close and that's what it's uh the message is being sent with dustin hopkins uh to be perfectly honest with you but look I don't have an issue with the way Rivera is essentially doing things. I feel like they are kind of have their hands tied with what they have. And I trust that they are building because they know that what you see here today is not what is going to be here in a month and a half. They know growth is naturally going to happen. The season is a meat grinder. You never start the season the same way that you finish it. Your team always changes. There's always these things that happen, and there's guys there that you didn't expect and that there were guys there that you thought you expected, and they're not. So that's going to happen with these teams, and I expect them to really turn this around, start looking a lot better, and hopefully they can do that this weekend against Aaron Rodgers because that would be quite the same. For six games. It's I true. Mean, I know. We say that every game and they can't even tackle. <laughs> nope. Yeah, you can. I, you can kind of see the why frustration in the likes of us. And, you know, we've never played football to any level, but basic things there, like Shelly said, Carl, missed tackles, especially last Sunday against the Chiefs, especially in that second half. Some of them were what so you call bad. basic, you know, you, you teach like when your son gets to like eight or nine years old, you're going to teach him how to tackle on a ball. They, to me, as a, just a guy on a couch, to quote our good friend Keith, to me just seemed the basics of football or am I just, am I just missing something? No, no. It's like, if you ever, like you, everyone's played Madden. Everyone remembers a hit stick, right? And mm-hmm. if you time the hit stick wrong, it, you would completely whiff on it, whatever the guy would move out the way. Well, they need to start breaking down because it seems like everyone just continues charging full speed and not being able to change direction if the ball carrier moves. And that continues to be the situation. They need to break down in their stance and they need to wrap up the ball carrier and just hold them enough time for everyone else to come over and help and gang tackle. It, it, everyone's just not playing together. And everyone is just, it's almost chaotic to a point where everyone's like, ah, running That's around trying to hit I, them. Yeah, I feel like we're saying the same thing for like 10 years, angles. Yep tackling and to say it to to fall back and say well we're in a rebuild year you need to be patient no like that's why these people were brought in and it we were hearing win now you know we're in win now situation that's what he was saying I, know. I don't know. Wasn't that just, would you say that's for, for last season though in a poor division when we, we were in win now because we were in such a poor division and it was win now, Maurice. You say it was last year. It was we. It was an easy, not an easy division to win, but it was there for the taking, wasn't it? 
Yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, what Coach Rivera did, I mean, when I look back at it, was a gutsy move because he said, hey, I'm going to go for the win now and get this division championship under my belt so I can have some success to build on for the future. But I also, and I remember him saying in a press conference in the offseason, like he said, don't take this division win as an indicator that we're where we need to be. And, and he was right. So I, I think, like, I know the fans are frustrated. I get it. Like, they want to win now. Everyone, nobody likes to lose. Like, it's, but the reality is, they're they're rebuilding, right? They are rebuilding. Like, again, when you get rid of, and I say this all the time, not saying he was wrong, but when you get rid of your first your, um, your first um, round quarterback that you're supposed to be building your team around, okay, you 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 go backwards. Any team that does that, you go backwards, right? Look, I'll give you another example. Look at the um, Detroit Lions, right? They traded. Matt Stafford for Jared Goff. What did the Lions do? Go backwards, right? So again, when you get rid of talent, you know, that is supposed to be the centerpiece of your team, you know, that's like we traded Chase, Chase Young. The defense would go backwards. So that's what happened. So we're rebuilding. I know people don't like it, but that's just the reality of it. And they can say whatever they want to say in the press conference, but at the end of the day, they are rebuilding this team. They are teaching this team to play a certain style of football. And if and it's going to take time, okay? I mean, it's people are not working, to... Maurice. It's not working. But see, think of it. But it goes back to what Kyle said earlier, and I'm going to kick it to Kyle. I'll let you go, Kyle. So basically, they were rocking a hard place, right? Because they won the division last year, and Rivera is essentially saying we are not going to, in his off season, saying we are not going to settle for a losing season and say that's a success. We know what we've reached this year. We know that we could get to that, and that obviously is what fueled into this year in the chaotic start to everything going on is going on when I say that they're progressing and growing and that the the team now is not going to be the same. It is later on. What I mean is like as a team and, and as players, essentially like Benjamin St. Juiced right now, he might not be your number one corner, but by the end of the season, he could very well could be the way William Jackson is playing. And then the mental mistakes that they're making are just silly and so stupid to the point where you're like, that has to change. Like there is no possible way that this is acceptable in any professional manner at all the way that they're giving up these big plays and that these games are happening with the missed tackles completely unacceptable and it's like it there are mental things that are going along with it if they were getting boat raced every week and if we had these bums out there i would say yeah most likely but i know that these guys could compete i know that they could play well just waiting for that click and that click can always come because last season I, we were doing the same thing at this time. We were flipping out. We didn't think they could beat the Cowboys. We didn't think they could beat many teams at this time. And things happened. Things started clicking and they started feeling things out. And we're just waiting for that time. And I know it's just stupid to say and we keep saying it all the time. It doesn't help anything, but it's going to happen. I think that's where the patience is coming along with Del Rio and uh, Rivera basically saying like, we know what you're capable of. We believe in you. Just keep hammering it out. And it's like, instead of it being a, a, a steady incline, you know, it's like a slow, gradual thing that you're seeing. And we thought it was going to be quick this year, but it's going a lot slower than we thought. They don't put the right personnel in the right positions. I agree. In my opinion, to, yeah. to make the plays. And to your point, Kyle, Benjamin St. Juice isn't even on the field enough, and he should be. He should be on the field more. I mean, when you only have him on the field for 12 to 15 plays, and that's my that's my point. I mean, they keep rotating, you know, these players out. I don't understand why why they're doing that. I don't get it. And I don't I don't get their schemes. I don't get their what they're trying to do. Mm. And you know, to Maurice's point, saying they want them to play a certain style. This is what they want. Well, I don't like what they want. I don't like what they're doing. That's that's my whole point. I don't like what they're doing. If this is what we're going to be doing going forward, I don't like it. I'm not liking what I'm seeing. So they need to change it. So everything NFL, you guys are saying, NFL, if NFL, NFL, you, NFL fans are not built for are not built for rebuilds. Period. Uh, and I will say to uh, to Shelly's point, 
I do think they are making minor adjustments. Like Landon, for example, he played a bunch. I watched the film, and he played a bunch right next to Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis. So they realize that he needs to be closer to the line of scrimmage, and they're trying to keep him close to the line of scrimmage. But the fact is that Andy Reid is an offensive genius and finds a way to get Travis Kelsey and tight ends on him and then get him out into space on passing situations when they think they're running the ball. And so that's like the whole issue is like – Stop playing like that. Like, we know you're better than that. Why is that happening? And it's going to have to happen, Shelly. They're going to have to pull the plug. They're just trying to make sure that they make sure that it's the right decision first. Mm. Well, I think, I think they're trying to give him enough time as well before they pull the plug. Like I said yeah. earlier, I think these two games now before the bye, I think after the bye week and with a big run of divisional I don't, games I don't coming disagree up, with you, by the way, Shelly. Well, I, 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 think, I think NFL fans would be you know, perfectly fine with rebuilds if the coaching staff would explain what they're doing and make more adjustments along the way. And One we're not saying that. I think the definition of a rebuild is essentially just Rivera taking over this team and making it his team, essentially. Like, I don't think it's literally starting from the ground up because, like I said multiple times, this isn't this isn't a rebuild. This is a renovation because we had pieces here in Jonathan Allen and Montez Sweat, them being able to start with Chase Young and Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis. The foundations start- are there. We just need to build it, around it. Exactly. And so, like, it is it, – it's a it's not a rebuild it's a renovation of ron rivera's doing where he is the planner of how the house is going to look essentially mm. my my uh, my argument is taking longer to, to cut you off buddy um we we can't keep saying to use the term rebuild um we can't right. keep doing that for say a season or two seasons and going no it's not working next and then another coach comes in and another defensive coordinator and another special special teams okay. coordinator. And this might be where the hardship for us fans really, really does come in. Because like Marie says, fans aren't patient. We want to win now. Unfortunately, we might just have to bite the bullet here. And even it's hard for us. I mean, I'm my, my own worst enemy on game day. I get steam coming out my head because <laughs> you, care, you care so much for this team. But the last couple of days, and Carl, I listened to your show this week. I listened to Keith and Jesse. And you know what? I listened to your guys' words and what you were saying. And I actually took a step back and thought, you know what? These guys are right in what they've been saying for ages now. And, I, I, you know, if, if someone as passionate as me is now finally thinking, do you know what? Yeah, still get frustrated on game days. I'll still get frustrated when Landon Collin doesn't turn around and find the ball or we miss tackles. Yes, but then take a take it two steps back, three steps back and go, hey, look, do you know what? If Ron Rivera is still doing this in four seasons, five seasons time, then you'll be like, OK, hey. This, this has gone on long enough. But what do we do? Do we get rid of the guy at the, at the end of this season? No. And someone no, else come? Exactly. But that, I think that no. that's the point I'm trying to make is we have to, have to, have to. And I know Marie says NFL fans don't want to wait. We haven't got no other choice. We either wait and let him try and build something here. Put the building blocks in place and build something. Or we'll just do a Washington and we start all over again. Sorry, Carl. Go on, buddy. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, you don't you don't have to, like, settle with mediocrity. Like, you don't mm-hmm. have to look at this and say, yeah, it's fine that they're playing crappy. I don't think anyone should. No. All, all I think Andy is saying is stop talking about firing Scott Turner, Jack Del Rio, and Ron Rivera halfway through the season. Let this thing play out, essentially. Mm-hmm. Is like, Who'd you bring the- in? Okay, we fire Ron Rivera tomorrow. Who's coming in to coach the Washington football team? Right. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Not no. Ron Rivera, but Jack Del Rio, the the way the secondary is is really bothering me. And that's the issue is because who would be taking over defensively would be Chris Harris, who's the secondary coach. And so like, that, that's the big issue is like out of the frying pan into yeah. the fire. Because well, he, I'm not saying in the middle of the season. I, I'm just the, a lot of fans are a lot of fans are a lot of the fans. lack of communication bothers me. Hearing the same thing over and over again, I think is what has the fans frustrated. Mm. It's and, the and same I, song and dance over and over and over again. I will say Ron Rivera does have a good point, and I think that I won't ever question his reason for being short with the media and being stubborn the way he is because essentially every single question is energized and is used to make a headline to make them and portray them as bad as possible so at one point you just get tired of it and you're mm. just like look man screw you you know yeah. like okay. yeah god you've done my you've done my segue for me my man to oh, end up this show i tweeted it out the other day we're good the media and i'm gonna lean on maurice shelley and yourself here you guys are over there what role are the media playing? I mean, I've come off, I'm posting my podcast on, I think Maurice has got to jump off now because he is at work. Maurice, we appreciate you, brother. Um, 
I've jumped off all social media at the minute because the, the media and what's going on with this fan base is just driving me crazy. So I'm still on there posting our podcast, yada, yada, yada. But it's just got to me the last few days. I'm not going to lie to you. But And I'm reading, Carl, Shelley, what role did it, in all the years we've gone in this Washington organisation, and it's a frustration, like Marie says, we want to win. We want to do so well as a, as a fan base. What role between the organisation the, and the fans did this did the media play in washington dc i'm going to lean on you guys for more because i only get mine from social media you guys are there all right we've spoken to people on this show we've been very fortunate but carl is there is there something that even the media side of the of, of this could could help the washington football team maybe helps the wrong way but it, it always seems like a battle in washington or am i just misreading the situation if you don't mind i'll let shelly go first <laughs> go for it oh Damn you, Kyle. Um, <laughs> it depends on who you listen to. It honestly depends on who you listen to. I try to filter it. To be honest, for myself, I've learned to filter it. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, the media, the, the, the DMV sports media, it can be brutal, but I've heard, you know, it can be, it's tougher in other uh, markets. So I've actually heard that it's worse in mm. other places. That was going to be one of my questions to you guys. Obviously, I only see the Washington. I don't pay yeah. attention I mean, to I the Raiders or the Ravens. I grew up here. I grew up here. So this is what I'm used to. Mm. So I really can't speak to other markets. Um, but I've heard from other fans that ours is tame to wow. compare to theirs. So... I can't speak to that because I haven't lived in other places, mm. but so I, that's hard for me to believe because yeah. I've seen ours in full force, but um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we've had over 20 years of, of, you know, of a, of a, you know, a lot of drama with Dan Snyder. So with that said, they, they, they've gone in on him you know, off the field stuff and Bruce Allen, you know, 11 years of that stuff. So I, I don't know. It, it sells stories. sell. You know, I appreciate everyone has to do it, has to do a job. And yeah, I can only, I can only, um, you kind of aspect of it, the off the field stuff mm. when you know, it kind of takes away from the football aspect of it. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, I, I, I tweet out this filter it of what you, what, who you want to listen to. I think that's why mm, that's that's true. gets more um, respect out of everybody because he kind of keeps it more real, in my, in, in my opinion. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I get most of my information from podcasts. I listen to Carl. I listen yeah. to Keith. You know, what I mean, I, 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 learned I, mean, I, I, I I've, I've learned, learned that over there. I've learned that since podcasting. I'd rather my mental health and. <laughs> Um, I think the post has kind of gone mm. in on a more of the, I don't know. Mm. I, I don't I mean, know. I, I can only equate it over well, here. I mean, tough, <clears throat> our national media, our national yeah. media go in on our football soccer team, our national team. My God, when, when they're great, <clears throat> excuse me, just dying. When they're great, they're, they're all in for them. But when, they are bad. They will. You could see a player in a bar in a club. It'll be front page news over here, and they'll go all in to destroy that person. Uh, and then that person goes and plays really well as in our Euros. Just just gone in Raheem Sterling, and he's like the king of England. I mean, Carl, is that something that in Washington could the, the team and the media work closer together? I mean, I've seen so much going around on social media. This well, maybe at the end of the start of end of last week, the start of this regarding the media going in. Why wasn't Jason Wright seen on the field for this Sean Taylor ceremony? Again, why is Dan Snyder dressed up like a hobo? Uh, all kinds of stuff. And I've, I, I think I messaged it out on Monday and I listened to you guys. And I've said, to, uh, me personally, I've kind of just stepped back from where that, because I can't affect anything there. I can't affect anything. It's, it's ruining. And I said this to Shelley in a private conversation yesterday. I'm letting that side of the game ruin my fandom. Mm. I'm getting too caught up in he said, he said, she said. I'm getting too caught. I just, it, it might but now be the time. And, you know, show you what mommy's saying this. I said this yesterday to her when we were chatting. Now might be the time just to sit back and just watch a game on a Sunday and mm. enjoy it. But is there something that is between the team and the media? Is is there a way of bridging that gap? Because it just seems very, it seems very toxic in Washington in a minute. I know that's probably a word we've used for years, 
But it seems more, more, now more than ever, Carl, if I'm honest, my friend. Well, it depends on what you think, like what we <clears throat> classify media as, right? <clears throat> because um, the media is supposed to be the intermediary for the public and being able to translate and be able to ask the questions that we are asking to be answered because that we want to figure out. But along the lines, that line has been blurred. And it has become the media kind of doing their own self-prophecy, their own self-fulfilling um, kind of thing. And I do think that I remember distinctly when Dan Snyder had owned a 980 and everyone and their mother complained about how he was directing the information coming out of there. It was nothing bad about Snyder, you could say. But I think it's very sketchy that the newspaper that it goes in and asks questions, it is the most hard, like Shelley said, most hard hitting on Snyder is the one company that's owned by a guy who had a vested interest in buying the team. Mm -hmm. um, and so I do think that there is coinciding some issue being there because things can be very negative. And I do think it's very different than other markets in that aspect where there's so much contempt for this owner where every question is energized, not in the sense of where in other markets, they're just directing about football. Like, why, are, mm. why did this place suck, blah, blah, blah. But that is very market, true, very you're, true. You're asking questions about a lot of crazy stuff going on, and you don't want to have to deal with that kind of that kind of craziness. And then with Jason not showing up on the field, th that's respectful, in my opinion. It wasn't mm -hmm. like him trying to hide next to his mistake. It wasn't like him saying, like, oh, yeah, I did this, I did this. Let that be about Taylor. I don't need to be involved with it. That's about Sean Taylor. I mm -hmm. shouldn't be even in the thought process with all this. I don't want to be seen as like a, a prize for being here, essentially, kind of thing. Like, and I, that's what I respect that in that mindset. But it got, does go to the point that literally, with because Twitter is especially, I think that we have as a community have built something so beautiful to the point where the media is not necessarily needed anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to be rude i'm not trying to be um like throw all like confrontational or anything like that but twitter and what we do has essentially erased their necessity for things because we can write um we could treat we could do film breakdowns and we can translate to the fans and we can ask questions that they the only difference is, is they have access to the games they have access to coaches they have access to players and they can ask questions that we can't um and that's just the only difference at the moment but it's all based on what you think the definition of media is very like I said to you earlier, Carl. I get a lot of my information. Point, I listen to a lot of. I listen to podcast. I listen to you guys, Carl. I listen to you, Hall, Reed. I listen to Keith. I listen to Parker. I listen to Rio. They're my guy. You know what I mean? Like, because to me, that's that's real. You know what I mean? That's speaking from a fan. They're not getting paid to do this. You guys do your part. You give up your own time. We're giving up our own time right now. You're this, you're yeah. in the USA. I'm over here in the UK, and we're just here. It would be great. And I mean, I've said this uh, yesterday to Shelley, just to. Just to be a fan for a little bit, I think everyone, I mean, I know I, I, a lot of people listen to this and I, I think, guys, everyone seems to be getting caught up in this Twitter drama, all behind a yeah. keyboard, tapping away. Just remember, we're all fans of a football team here. We all love just watching football. Yeah, we'd all love the Washington football team to go out and win a Super Bowl and make a playoff and yada, 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 and have an amazing owner who we all love and everything. The world isn't perfect like that. And if, if I've seen anything in the last two to three days on social media... Toxic's probably the wrong, wrong word. It says there's a hatred forming that I don't like. You know yep. what I mean? We're a fan of a sports team. Sport. Yep. It's a hobby for all of us. You know, yes, grown men get paid millions of dollars and pounds to play it all over the world. But this is a hobby for us guys here on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Every now and again, just remember that. We're all here for the same purpose. When you're, when you're having a go at someone for their way they fan or i fan you know i've disagreed with carl before he's disagreed with me does that make him wrong me right no it means the world would be really boring if both of us went actually carl yeah you know what yeah that's really interesting man that's right we're not going to talk about anything else you know <laughs> you know i might think that a certain quarterback is good you will disagree and we'll talk about it and go hey carl that was a really good discussion let me go buy your beer and we'll talk about something else that's how for me that sports should work at the minute from what i'm reading what i'm seeing is far far too toxic for me and i'm having no part of it hence why i said earlier you know i'll be posting my podcast on, on twitter and stuff but apart from that i'm just going to try and say this to shelly yes i'm just going to try and be a fan of this washington i football. know it's exhausting it really it is. is it's exhausting. sad to see it's sad that we can't say redskins anymore it's sad that our history is erased mm. you know that that aspect of it really makes me sad it's sad that it's become so politically correct that I don't even know. I mean, when we interview alumni, is that like, is that becoming 
so politically correct that we can't you can discuss. listen to doc on carl's show you can still he's very passionate about the history about everything he's he, he's never, i don't think he'll ever lose that passion i don't think the alumni well, will i'm tired of getting that attacked passion. yeah i think it's ridiculous yeah I, I, I just think i think there needs to be more respect out there in the community for it because it's part of our franchise history and i think people just need to calm down but that's just my opinion yeah, and no, I, I, like, please don't come at me, anyone. That being, I just that, that being said, Shelly, that was such a good point by you because the end point of what you were saying is essentially stop. People should stop caring so much about what others think and say. Yeah, just be um, you, you man. Know? Yeah, yeah. Just, I just mean, it just in and at the end of the day, I mean, the you have you know everyone is gonna have and like Andy said, you fan the way you want to fan, you fan the way you want to fan, and everyone have your own opinion and if you don't like something that somebody says and you see it on the on twitter keep scrolling you don't have to show up for every don't have to engage with them with a thread of like 35 comments you know it's just, you know, just keep and scrolling guys man it's, just... it's not it's not worth it it's not worth your energy it's not worth your inner peace it really isn't and it's not worth putting it out there and i've been guilty of it in the past and i've learned from it you know, and it's not worth my inner peace. Mm, I, I definitely have the last few now. days. I definitely have the last few days. Um, Shelly, Carl, let's wrap up this episode. Let's talk, finish with some football. Carl, we played the Green Bay Packers this Sunday. Tell me, my friend, how in God's green earth are we going to win this game? Are we Are we going to pull something out of the hat here, Carl? Are we going to win on Sunday, my man? You're the, you're the man of optimism. You always have been my buddy. How are we going to win this game come Sunday? But first, I just want to say Adam Schefter just tweeted out that Green Bay is going to be wearing their 1950s throwbacks for this game uh, against us on Sunday. So not many worse than our throwbacks from last weekend. I I'm think, not going to lie. I, I think it. those are the blue ones, if I'm not okay. mistaken. They're like they're like the hard, uh, I think it's like navy blue, if I'm not mistaken. Blue? Yeah, I think so. The, the Packers have like a blue one, if I'm not mistaken, for an old, mm. old one. Um, but uh, how can they win this game? It's essentially, it starts in one area, and that is getting to Aaron Rodgers and secondly it's committing to the run because you have to be able to limit their points early on for you to be able to control the clock by running the football the worst thing that possibly happen is for Aaron Rodgers to go down the field score 21 unanswered points to start the game we have to abandon the run we have to throw they're in passing situations and then our defense is guessing for the rest of the game because they don't know if they're running or passing based on the situation because why why would the Packers run on third down in the second quarter when they're up by four touchdowns you know on third down mm -hmm. they're gonna throw the football you don't know when that's gonna happen at that point they have to be able to get to Aaron get off the field limit those points early on so the running game can continue to gel in because Taylor needs play action when you take away play action from Taylor he makes mistakes. And against mm -hmm. his Packers secondary that are ball hawks, you can't do that. So if they're going to do it, those are the two areas. Uh, what am I – what's my prediction? <laughs> I said 31-30 <laughs> last week. Uh, I'll, I'll go 30-24. to 24. I, I think they – Oh, out. that's close, Kyle. Hey, the 24. Shelly. It's Joe Barry's or D coordinator, okay? I don't want to – you got to leave the possibility open. Shelly, how did the Washington football team get that W come Sunday and turn our season around? They don't. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> they don't. Rogers is going to, I, Rogers again is going to say, I fucking own you. Yeah. He's going to say it again. He laughs I, when he, I hope he, he does laughs. so he can come play for us next year. Oh, could he you imagine that, Carl? Don't tease me like that, Carl. Could you imagine, Carl? I'd have him. Aaron Rodgers, no Washington fans turning down Aaron Rodgers. Any, no, anyway. She was saying he wouldn't want to come here. Oh, he no, you've got no help. He's, he, no, he, he won't want to come. We want him, Carl, but he's going to do Well, no, of course we want him, but... But Shelly, come on. There must be... If you had some glimmer... Shelly, humour me. I haven't seen you for a few weeks. I've spoke to you, but I haven't seen you. Just humour me. How how could the Washington football team pull something out of the bag here? Could there be a miracle somewhere? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and he doesn't play. I'm being real with you. I know. I mean, I'm teasing. Um, because, look, he, our biggest problem is um, we may not have our running back. I mean, he's hurt. So he may not play. He didn't practice he today. Might be out. He's got the shins. Terry's struggling as well. He didn't look 
100% on Sunday. Yeah, I think, our running I think back Carl said before the episode when we were chatting, something doesn't seem quite right there. Is it, I know they need him, and we've kind, is it kind of the fact that we're kind of rolling him out onto the field and he really shouldn't be there? But if we what don't a, play him, then, oh, my God, we really are. Our I run mean, game is going to be struggling, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Taylor may not have that to fall back on. So Taylor... Taylor's going to be struggling as it is. And he was struggling last game against a really bad defense. So I, I, I don't see it happening guys. I mean, I'm being real with you. I don't see us winning this game. I see Rogers laughing, having a good old time, just (laughs) acting like it's just, it's not going to be good. I'm being real with you guys, but yeah, my heart, yeah, my heart bad. says one way. My head says I'm with Shelly, and I could be sitting there on Sunday behind my hands watching it. You know, but I, hey, it was a really bad game. I don't I, know. I do have a superstitious thing about me, man, with the whole Vince Lombardi thing. For some, for some reason, because Vince played, uh, I mean, coach for us too. For some reason, I just feel like we play better up in Green Bay. I don't know why. I don't know why. I can't explain it. But we have play so well up there. I don't get it. I don't know. It just it's just one of those things. Just like getting Kyle, a quarterback in Washington doesn't exist. It, no. Same thing. No, it doesn't. It does. I, anyway, we are we are damn lucky. We won these two games that we won. Yeah. I mean, we could very well be zero and six. Yep. Shelly, I've had a very bad enough week. I've had a bad enough week. I know. I'm joking. I'm joking with you, woman. That's a a rip. No, we were. Well, we were two flags away from the Giants game. We had they had a turnover touchdown in the end zone. You know, we we should have lost that game. But at least we can now say that one of those wins was we should have. That should have been an easy, fine victory. Nobody would be making excuses about it against the Giants if it wasn't for the guy that we just cut. Uh, Yes, very true. He would have knocked that through. That was a hard-earned victory, and everything is cool. But literally, because of that missed field goal, everyone views it up as an excuse, and it wasn't a great victory. But they earned it, man. Yeah, Just Dustin did. Hopkins, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Uh, Shelly, it's been great to have you back. I'm glad you're oh, back. I on know. The, uh, so I'm glad you are. With you I'm guys. glad you are back to talk some football. And hey, Shelly, I like these Wednesdays with Carl. Maybe we could just keep him. Maybe the burgundies don't uh, even notice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Kyle. We'll let us keep him, but can we, Reed keep Kyle? Yeah, we can keep him. Maybe I'll put in a trade I'll request for Maurice. Man. We can get him on waivers or something. We can sort something out, Shelly. But Carl, yeah. thanks so much, buddy. It's been great chopping up with you, my man. Shelly, I'm glad you are healthy. I really, really mean it. I know all our listeners, a lot of people have reached out to you and wished you good help. So I sincerely thank you. I sincerely thank, you. And thank you, Kyle, so much for filling in. I really appreciate you. Of thank course. You so much. Want to make sure you're doing well. You know, when, when Andy comes asking for help, he's always been there for me. So I'm always there for him, man. Anytime. Always there for you, brother. Pray to God that I get to hook up with you guys in New York in January. Yes. Just saying the DC three team are finally me and Mr. Hartley are getting on a plane and we're heading over to the Giants game. But gotta meet up. We will sort something out, my man. We will sort something out. But ladies and gentlemen, this has been the DC Tweet Team Podcast. I have been your host, Andy Burrows, with Maurice, Carl, and the amazing Shelly Jordan. Welcome back, my friend. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe.